0: The truck! You are listening to What the Truck!
1: Are you ready to truck it? It's time for your Nooner with Dooner and And my good friend sitting right next to me just got in off a of red eye.
0: Red Eye. The last time I was on the show, I was on a red eye.
1: It's so weird because I reached out to you yesterday. I was like, hey, an opening just came up. And for some reason you were like, you're a great guest, but you were like the first name that popped into my mind. And I think it's just that like red eye energy that you put out into the the world. I'm sensitive.
0: Yeah, it was it was um, I'm getting by on a little bit of sleep. I'm glad there's a little bit of distance between this (laughs) because I am need a shower and a good night's sleep. (laughs)
1: I know the feeling. I know the feeling. And you were over at Daimler North America. We'll jump all into that on the show today in just a little bit. But before we do, I got to gloat. It's like, does Covenant, do they do a bracket, an NCAA bracket tournament?
0: You know what the guys in our brokerage, the the folks in the brokerage department do? Yeah. And they're really into it. I'm not around enough to participate. And, and And all of the... All of the uh the rivalry that takes place when you're there in the office every day
1: well you see here at Waves, we have a uh, you know a lot of trash talkers, we get a lot of smart people, a lot of no. data people, a lot of people know their thing yeah well, guess what guess what Waves? who's number one It's your boy Studer. what the bracket number one up there and look there's some people gating on me, but if you go into their brackets, they're already checkmated See you're proud of me'. You're- <laughs>
0: You're good. You're Can you pick stocks like, <laughs> stocks like that too?
1: I, you know, I could, I, like anybody could in 2020. It was like in trucking when you were like a retail trader. You could just get like Dogecoin at two cents and then like a week later, it's 31 cents and you're you're making bank, dude.
0: Enough to take you to coffee. Enough to take you to coffee. Well, Matt, yesterday, yesterday, you have a dog, don't you? I have a great dog. And I know everybody says that because yeah. I know you love your dog. Sure. And we've talked about that offline before, but- I've got the greatest dog in the world. you got the greatest dog? What's your dog's name? Tucker the Dog. Tucker the Dog. What kind of dog is Tucker? Tucker is a golden retriever, the most superior brand uh, breed
1: of all times. Yeah, they're up there with labs. Uh, I'll, go give, I'll give you that. Did you know that yesterday was International
0: Puppy Day? I didn't know that.
1: Well, every International Puppy Day, I ask the logistics community to share their, their puppies and their dogs. And we have some to take a look at real quick here. We got my boy, Randy Savage, his sister, Miss Elizabeth. This is Nick LaLucas. He says, here's our little Jinder growing up into a nice service dog. That's uh, Greg Ackner's, Alan Blankenship's puppy, his big snow dog over there. Peter Clifford, he said, let me drive the boat. By the way, handles on dogs, very helpful. That's Marion Hensley. Is my buddy Baxter. He's going to be 18 this year, so happy birthday to him. Who's that? Is that a Golden or is that a Chesapeake? Chesapeake. That was a Chesapeake Bay. Although, I don't know. The guy right here, he says, uh, that's my boy Finn, seven-year-old Golden, Logan Pritchett.
0: So... Having just got off a flight, a lot yeah. of people are taking dogs on their flights now. Yeah. And they're not always service dogs. The lady next to me had a little tiny thing under the seat. Yeah. It was very good, very nice. But then there was a, a, you know, a military guy with a big dog. There was a, But there was at least seven dogs on the flight. You know, you can— You um, used to not see that.
1: You, you used to have to buy, like, a service vest, and you could get them on Amazon, but you yeah. didn't actually need the
0: paperwork. You just needed to have it on them. I might have had one of those at one point. Yeah. Yeah, you know, to get into a hotel. Break the rules.
1: Yeah. You know, also, like, here's, here's the secret. Um, you don't really have to wait for your group at the airline either. Like, if you want to board group one, group two, they're not going to stop you. Yeah, but you don't want to be that guy. No, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Or you don't want anyone to know you're that guy. Exactly. Anyways, we got a lot going on on the show today. We got former NFL star. We got a guy who played in the Super Bowl, Chicago Bears versus Colts, played against Peyton Manning, right? Played with Rex Grossman, Sexy Rexy, played with Jay Cutler, Desmond Clark, former tight end. Superstar started a brokerage last year in May, and a down market. He's going to tell us all about that journey from the Super Bowl, and we'll find out who's a tougher opponent: Aaron Rodgers or a bad freight market. It's actually, based in Florida, based uh, in Florida. how
0: could, you couldn't get him to come here in, in, in person, or is it remote? It's remote.
1: It's remote. Uh. So he'll be here. We're going to have uh, Freightways Tony Mulvey is coming up. He's going to talk about the freight market hitting rock bottom. We'll break down the reject spot rate, some of these shutdowns. You're all too familiar. You're over at Covenant, so you,
0: Man, you, I picked a you, great day to be here.
1: You picked a great day to they're be here. They're all great, right? They're all great. They're, they're all great. And then, of course, you'll talk to us about what you saw at Daimler. But before we get to Tony, just got to tip the band. So supply chain challenges are not always easy. But the commitment from the team at Dunavant Logistics to take on their responsibilities, unwavering. Logistically speaking, they're at the center of it all. Visit them at Dunavent.com. All right, Tony, come on up here, man. Let's find out what's going on the market. He is a co-host of withsonar. You probably see him in the morning on Freight Waves Now. And uh, let me bring your mic up for you a little bit too
2: there we go there
1: you go looking good tony hey
2: introduce happy to be yourself here. to so, our audience
1: who may not have met you before
2: tony Mulvey have been here three and a half years i guess now working on the research team expanded more into the media side tv side uh in the past year but happy to be here
1: you've had a big week he was yeah. part of our breaking news on that usx story you had to yep. do uh, a roundtable on short notice and you yeah. did a great job so uh we all appreciate that there is a comment, though, and, like, this is a serious time in the market. A lot of people are losing mm-hmm. jobs. I mean, it's not its not a good time. We try to have levity on this show just because mm-hmm. we can't just sit here depressed the whole time, but – Someone posted on LinkedIn, this guy, Dominic Angelo Tulli, said there's a lot of pain in transportation right now. Rates are below March 2020 lows. Owner-operators driving at a loss or selling their trucks. Exuberant factoring fees. 60- to 90-day payment terms are the norm. The silent tax of slow payments is inflation. So they're talking about the pressure that is put on everybody, and it's really tough. So Craig Fuller, he put out a great thread yesterday, and he was talking about a lot of these challenges and let's start with tender volumes, because that kind of drives everything. Let's start there, Tony. What's happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of walking this to the bottom. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. We're about to cross over 2019 levels. Anybody that was in transportation really knows 2019 wasn't a great year in terms of trucking. It was one of those, it was an area or a, a year where we were coming off a very high boom cycle of 2018, oversupplied the market, ample demand kind of fell away, oversupplied drove rates down, you see volumes kind of walk along this x-axis, really. I mean, if you drew the x-axis around that 10,000 mark on the OTVI, it's kind of where to think about is like this solid level. What's interesting, though, is we kind of came into March with a little momentum. And then since then, it was kind of this head fake. We've seen this decline from there. Past couple of days, we've seen a little bit of an uptick, kind of expected as you head in to the final week of the first quarter. But I mean, overall... Especially when you compare it to the previous two years, it it's uh, tough out there in terms of volume itself.
1: Matt, what's the buzz around covenant when it comes to volume and what's
0: going on in the market? So you remember, you do remember. I'm the future guy. I'm the yeah, long term guy. So I'm not living in the day to day. But um, you know, it's been. Um, I know. It's 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 we've got capacity as well, and we've got. Um, um, you know it's funny because we got our allocations that we wanted for new trucks, and we're still trying to struggle with how do we modify that delivery schedule because we um, you know we keep our trucks about two point three two point seven years, and so trying to trying to control the size of the fleet is just a challenge for us every day
1: that is and I know you're the future guy, so you don't have to do that equation, probably thankfully you, you don't want to be in the seat of, of doing that mix, but um is there any tech that can help there?
0: Do you think? <sighs> If it is, I haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's funny. So much of this is, and you know what it's like, because you've had more people on the show than I've ever met. So much of it just takes place up here. You know, you've got people that have been at the company for a long time, and they're looking at a spreadsheet, and they're like, we need to lose 100 trucks. We need to gain 100 trucks. We need to lease 100 trucks. You know, we need to make a call to the brokerage department. I need you to cut some prices. We've got to, you know, and it's it's, you would think that there's a big black box that there's a piece of technology that's, you know, a dashboard that's telling you, giving you advice. And it's just, I admire the folks at our company that can just do that on the fly. It's amazing. And, but it just comes with years and years and years of experience.
1: Tony, let's talk for a second yeah. about these, these fleets that are about, like FreightWorks went out, right? Mm-hmm. The, the 250 to the, the 500. Are they especially susceptible in this, this market and what's happening with volumes?
2: Yeah, because they can get, con- their volume can get concentrated a lot easier than say a larger carrier in that thousand plus. And in this market, if you they're coming, shippers are coming for rate reductions or just competitive rates. And when that happens, you can start to get bid out of freight. And if you're concentrated and that freight goes away, well, now you've just lost a big percentage of your revenue. You take start taking. I mean, I think in FreightWorks case, it was something like 30% was allocated to one customer. You take that away you're talking 30% reduction in revenue, you're not going to be able to keep up with how it's going. Best option in that case is, is to shut down. And I mean, it, it hurts to say that because I mean, obviously people's lives are affected, but running at a loss just kind of prolongs that issue. Uh, that, and that's kind of what you see. I mean, it's kind of this mix that you see. Some people will wait too long to make an exit or some people may be proactive.
1: So, I mean, it's the danger of dedicated, right? I mean, I have a truck right here, Fawn Flag, New England Motor Freight. They lost mm-hmm. Amazon back in uh, near the end of 2018, and that was it. It was like mm-hmm. 35% of their freight, and that is just devastating to lose 35% of your business.
0: They also lost a front tire.
1: They lost a front Well, that <laughs> yeah. didn't help
0: either. I mean, yeah. they're constantly late Amazon. Is it like on that side. on the other side that the viewers can be. see? You yeah. know, this is
1: actually George Abernathy's. He left it here for me when he went, so I've always been— You know,
0: um, can I throw something else into yeah. this, too? Um, in fact, the three of us should just stay here. We could. Yeah. So— um, not to jump ahead to some of the things that I saw when I was at Freightliner. Sure. But remember, I was there with um, 17 other fleets, right? CR England, J.B. Hunt, Penske, Ryder, um, Schneider, you know, all the big fleets. And one of the, the, the things that we spent a lot of time talking about was sustainability. Yeah. And how that's playing into the way shippers are making decisions. And when you talk about, you know, the struggles that we have it right now mm-hmm. – and yet there are these massive sustainability initiatives that shippers are saying, hey, we need, you know, greener solutions, help us reduce our carbon footprint. We all lamented that when you start putting solutions on the table that cost a little bit more because they're asking for a little bit more, yeah, we'll go back with the diesel rate. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I can I can tell you right now, there was like, well, I, I don't want to name names, but there was a provider who had um, just listened to the CEO of the shipping company on a podcast talking about reducing scope three uh, emissions through carrier spend, you know, both through carrier selection. And when he was sitting at the table with his purchasing people, they said, we're going to go with the diesel truck. They had an electric quote and they had some other types of things in there in a solution. And so um, he said it's just it, – it's tough because, you know, sustainability, sustainable, sustainability, but, you know, we want to pay diesel. Well, mm-hmm.
1: no, it's not sustainable. Rejection rates right now. They are yep. okay. so – low, Tony. Let's take a look at this chart. What is happening here? And what is the dynamic that happens when rejections are so low? What does that actually mean?
2: Yeah. So in this case, outbound tender rejection index is kind of that measure of relative capacity in the market, right? So shipper tenders a a load to a carrier. It can be accepted or rejected as it's rejected, moves down the routing guide. It can flow into the spot market. That's what you saw back in 2020, the end of 2020, and really through the beginning of 2022. Three, you saw spot rates, that pressure placed on spot rates. In this instance, you have kind of two things happening. We've oversupplied the market. I mean, I know I think we talked offline a little, just like how big the large carriers are. Yeah. In comparison to the overall market, it's it's what, ten percent or something like that of
1: what's USX what's what's the new Night Swift uh, USX monster? Like, like ninety thousand trailers or something yeah, like and that. And
2: it's twenty five thousand tractors, which I think if the four hire in four hire based on the FMCSA, it was like 1.87 million. So you're talking like less than a percent of the total tractor in the for hire market. So it's really, it's big in terms of the, the number of tractors at one company. But overall, compared to the market, it's really ultimately small. You sell so many new entrants into the market that we've oversupplied the market. Then you factor in diesel prices right now where they're at. And the benefit that carriers that are moving contracted freight have is a fuel surcharge to kind of offset some of that elevated spending. There's to go into the spot market, which is where a lot of you can play in that when rejections are so high because rates are high. Well, now spot market rates are all in rates. You have a fuel surcharge and. We'll talk about it in a minute. The, well, let's this, look
1: at spot rates because rejections are at like 3.5%. A, They're near all-time series lows. Show us the spot rates. We'll take a look at those. Yeah, uh, That is, what, 167 FreightWaves National Truckload Index. It's line-hole line hole only, only, so you're not, you don't have fuel in there. Yeah. But that is abysmal as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're talking close to a carrier's break-even point, plus or minus a few cents at that point. So, really, a carrier's not there's no incentive to leave a contract. And that's why you're seeing rejection rates at 3%. Because there, before there was incentive, right? You could chase yep. high rates. Now those high rates are no longer there. A spot rate is, again, near break-even. There's there, The incentive is essentially gone. It's better to stay in a contract rate. Even though contract rates are starting to come down, they don't move near as quickly as spot rates do. So it's, it's one of those give and takes. Uh, and right now it's... I don't want to say it. it is shippers kind of in command of the market They're It's not a name your price because this is where that relationship building becomes so important in the transportation market, because ultimately you may take a rate reduction, but as long as you service the freight, a shipper is still going to work with you. They want to see some improvement in that rate, but it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time for sure.
1: Well, Matt, one of the reasons too, I think that this should should make some people nervous is when you see these sustained low rates, the supply chain is all interconnected, right? So it's not like one carrier is doing bad. When every carrier is doing bad, everybody suffers, right? We all suffer within this freight ecosystem, even us over here in media, because people don't advertise as much. So the whole thing is 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 bad. Is there anything hopeful? Like, what, what's the dynamic going on with the spread between contract and spot?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're talking, this, it's been at this 80 cent spread or somewhere around that, that spread between contract and spot for what since about June of last year? So you're talking spot rates are offering a discount to contract rates at the moment, and at least when you break out the no fuel, and when you start adding in fuel, it, it changes a little. But it's it's one of those things. You start looking at it; it's like you're going to have to see a couple things. Rate contract rates come down. I mean, they're moving down, but it it's I think year to date, it's something like eight to ten percent. It's it's not a R- super rapid decline, but this, that spreads kind of normalized at some point. And we've been talking about it for months that it, it, it's not sustainable where it's at. You're going to see kind of a normalization, but it's, it's just more a matter of when does that actually happen? How does it happen? You're going to have to see consolidation in the market and ultimately exits out of the market because we have too much supply in the market. Now, I I do want to say one thing, like compared to 2018, 2019, compared to now, is the larger fleets, those enterprise fleets, they didn't go out and buy a ton of trucks. They may have bought new trucks, but they didn't grow their fleets at the rate that they did in previous cycles, which was a good thing. That's what you were looking to see was, but the difference is we added so many on that, that smaller fleet side. And those are the fleets that are ultimately going to suffer the most in this situation.
1: Unfortunately, we are now in that bloodbath period, too, where we are having multiple carriers (laughs) shut down. We're reporting in in a day. And these are not just small ones. These aren't the 10s, 5s. We're out 200 trucking employees over at FreightWorks, Uh, 544 trucks out of work with them. There was an LTL provider, 46 trucks, 50 years of experience out of Michigan. That was Mulder & Sons trucking. Um, Who else do we got here? Uh, 200 tru- 213 truckers out of work as well. Fargo pulls UFI into bankruptcy. Um, 248 trucks as postal carrier shuts down. 184 148 trucks and LTL carrier shut down in Vermont land. Uh, a land. Why are there so many land airs? By the way, <laughs> if you look at it, there's like 10 billion land airs.
0: There are yeah, and Landstar kind <laughs> yeah. of sounds the same. Are they
1: even the same thing? I don't even know. And another 155 carriers shut down. This was pushed over the edge by a nuclear verdict, but obviously the market didn't help there. And
0: before I came over here, I picked up my taxes, Yes, and I owe money, so I'll be ordering less. So there's my contribution so now to uh, gonna now I'm the not going to spend as much money as Amazon.
2: Yeah. Well, and then you factor in the cons- the other sides of the consumer, right? With the Fed decisions to continue to raise interest rate, cost, the cost of credit or cost of debt has continued to rise. And eventually, you see the credit spending continuing, but... I don't know if that rising interest rate. I mean, you're talking credit card interest rates well over twenty percent on average. Oh. Eventually, uh, it's going to squeeze the consumer to spend. They're going to do one of two things: continue to spend rapidly and not worry about it, and then face the the music when it comes, or they're going to shut.
1: They rain need to in make, their spending, Tony. They need like they need to make like firm and Clara or whatever those those like instant loan companies. You see it on Amazon all the time, and mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, you can buy this Amazon thing buy now pay later later at like 33% interest. And It's like yeah. whoa. That is so predatory. And people are going to get going to get killed in this economy and it's unfortunate because look, you make that short-term money now, but eventually people can't make their bills, right? So what are they going to buy from you next? Like you're front-loading the quarter, sure. But what happens?
0: Need to write some more Dave Ramsey films. <laughs> Need to write some more Dave Ramsey films. <laughs> yeah, or whatever he does to like, you know, spend less. Yeah. Tony, can you leave us with anything hopeful? Uh
2: I mean, obviously the summer, you typically see some uptick in in shipping. Look at the ocean. We saw a rebound post-Lunar New Year, but it the indications there are some slowing again on the ocean. But I mean, that would be the first place I'd look. But uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see diesel prices come down. That helps drop operating expenses because if you can't make it in revenue, stay profitable by making more revenue. You've got to offset that on the cost side yes and that's where it gets a little fuzzy i mean you start you're going to see potential layoffs but if you can if fuel prices come down it's it's one help at least uh so we'll see if that trend continues i saw today wti was at lowest point in since 2021 so
0: let me ask your opinion on this. You may not know anything about it, but, you know, I did just come from an event where mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk, right? Water cooler yep. talk, if that's what you want to call it, well, among the flight, um, among different fleets. They're not expecting as much activity in Long Beach because they're spending a lot dredging out and making some of these other ports around the country more accessible, yep. more attractive. Um, you know, we're starting to talk to some of the other fleets. They're investing more in Savannah and down in Texas. And— um, not as much activity. I think some of it is just because of um, people just are trying to stay out of California. You yeah. know? And, and we'll yeah. talk about this in a little bit. You know, There's a lot of California laws coming online soon that controls the age of the trucks that can come into the port. Um, uh, there's a, a, a ton of zero-emission vehicle requirements that are coming into the state. And I think that there's going to be port activity in places not California.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely a trend. I, we were talking about it earlier today. Like if you start looking at, like, where – Markets that have taken share in terms of volume, it's been those Gulf Coast, mainly Houston, and then East Coast port markets have have really seen this expansion. And I think it is going to be a trend you see because California to do business with is getting more and more difficult. And I think that's a trend that is going to, until California, which it doesn't seem like that's going to be likely, goes more pro-business. I think uh, we're going to see other options here on the The East Coast, and then, I mean, even down into Mexico, and then bringing it up cross-border, I think that's an option as well that you may see more and more.
1: Give me that wheel, please. I need to spin that thing. Can we hold it? Yeah, sure. All All right. right. Like Vanna White over here. Vanna. You you know she never wore the same dress twice. Did you know that? I didn't know that. All right. Well, Tony, here's your stupid question. To confuse NASA, leave one object on Mars. What is it?
2: Oh, to confuse NASA... I don't know. That's a tough one. Oh, uh, this is hard. Oh, man. I'm going to go with cowbell. Just why is a cowbell.
1: You stole mine. I was like, I will just leave this one right here. You know what obviously? I would say?
0: Elon, Elon Musk's wallet. Elon Musk's <laughs> wallet? What about a hang glider? No, Elon Musk's wallet because he wants to be oh. the guy on the moon. And they are be like, you've already been here. He's so, already been here. i have already
1: yeah. been here. That's a good one. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Tony, thank you so much. Man. Thank you for joining us today. Take care. All right, everybody. Meanwhile take a look at this guy here poor poor guy <laughs> he's not gonna have a good day with that
0: tire. oh no such heavy chase he got pants by the
3: tire
1: <laughs> where did you <laughs> find that Wait, i find it everywhere i don't know i got eyes and ears all over this place i feel bad that you used to be able to do this and, and you you could just live in silence with your shame
0: that's like a ring camera that's always yes and recording. now like
1: people have you recorded all the time and then you end up on what the truck Matt and Dooner are making fun of you. There you go. No, You're a strong guy. All right, Matt McLean, he's VP of Sustainability and Innovation at Covenant. He's been up here. He's just back from Daimler Truck, North American, Portland, Oregon. But I got to ask you, you were in that room with all these other trucking companies when the USX News broke. What, what were people saying? You don't have to like name names or give details, but like, so what was that about?
0: I knew something was up because, you know, you have a room, re- and there was probably 50, 60 people in the room. Yeah. All of a sudden- you know, the phone came up and then there was a, you know, oh, and, yeah. then, and then sure. there was a lot of texting and pretty soon everybody had their phone up and um, and then I picked my phone up and, and you know, I'd gotten three or four texts, some from the people in the room. And so it was, <laughs> uh, you know, we were all surprised. I think on some level, we knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody ever, ta- you know, it's funny in the industry and I've only been in it hardcore for five or six years now. Um, I've been, I was with the uh, 3PL before that. Nobody takes any, nobody gloats. Nobody takes any pride when a competitor goes under. I've just never experienced yeah. that. You know, we're all kind of in it together. We're also competing against each other. But, you know, we also go out and have dinner at night.
1: Yeah, this is you know? a business where I think we have a lot of empathy for each other, too, because mm-hmm. of, especially acid-base, because of how expensive it is to keep those. Any, uh-huh. There's so many different events that can tank you and put you out. And I think in the back of your head, there's fear within every carrier that it's just bad karma to, to kick another one when it goes down.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, um, you know, um, the gentleman in charge of um, in charge of U.S. Express's um, asset based division, you know, keeping the trucks on the roads named Sean. He gives me his personal cell phone number and has said, hey, if you have questions, you know, this is, of course, you know, a year ago about this particular project that you're thinking about investing in. It was a particular device that we're going to put on the truck that was going to have some carbon reduction. He's like, we've done that. Call me. Talk to me. Ask me. He says, there's probably nothing that I can't share with you. If it was successful for us, it would be successful to you. And you can have conversations like that. And um, so, I just, you know, one of my closest um, sort of industry peers is, is a guy at Warner. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, I love the people at my own organization. Sure. But, you know, it's just great to be able to share ideas. And whenever something like that happens, um, you hate it. I, I don't know about you, but I've gotten resumes from people already, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to help them out.
1: I've gotten, yeah. I've it's all got, about I've, the network. I've gotten plenty of reach out. And um, the, the unfortunate thing for a lot of them, though, is like, look, I hear a lot of other people are struggling, like, too. And maybe mm-hmm. this will work out for you. But there's not as many options as there was like a year or two ago when it was just easier to, to help people out and um and place them. But you were over at Diamond. We got a picture of you over there. Well, what did you see? Let's start with, like, autonomous vehicles. What are they showcasing here?
0: So I was there for three reasons, and what they do is they bring – they have these councils. What they do is they bring all these customers in. Typically, it's the larger private and for-hire fleets, and um, they just listen, and they ask lots of questions. You know, uh, one day is dedicated. It's called the On Highway Council. They talk about the cab, cab design. They talk about changes. Um, They – like, what if we made this change to the ADAS system, you know – what would how would this affect you and you know it just ends up being there's a lot of opinions in the room don't get me wrong i mean there's yeah. a lot of really high powered individuals in that room and um and they take notes and they make changes based on that so um i was there specifically for um, a half a day on autonomous yeah a half a day on esg and how we could sort of work together and start sort of promoting some of these things internally as an organ- as a, as an industry and then um, an entire day on electric vehicles.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so was
0: it was,
1: the, great. was the AV, was the autonomous impressive at all? What were people saying about that? What was the feedback? So that was a small
0: group. Um, there was just a handful of us in that one, and it was really just to kind of bring up to date. So yeah. there's several players in the market now, one less, as of a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Embark um, um, is no longer with this, at least not in the same way that it was. And so- Locomotions. Locomotions out of there too. And so- um, Daimler acquired seventy five percent of a company called Torque, and so um, yeah. they're one. Of, I've
1: been to Torque. They, yeah. they, they call them, um, Tormlers. The the Torque Daimler mix. When you go over yeah. to there they're like these. Yeah, I, I've seen a few stickers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, you know we that was one of the we partnered with Aurora and with Torque, and so we were there. You know what we spent most of the time talking about was the whole last mile because you know autonomous is point to point. Yeah, it doesn't go. All the way to the end destination because that what we call the file mile, or what we kind of we call it the dray piece. Yeah, um, Dallas to Houston is there um, on the interstate, but you get off, and the autonomous truck is not as good at navigating, you know, busy city sure. roads, lots of turns, um, and so you typically have a, a, a you know another truck that does the last mile. It could be anywhere from one to probably ten miles, maybe fifteen, um, and and you don't want all of your cost savings that come from autonomous to disappear on that piece of it. So we talked a lot about how can we solve that problem collectively, but then yeah. for the larger fleets like Schneider and um, and Ryder, you know, how could, you know, they may be able to absorb that cost because they've got so much infrastructure that they already own. But for Covenant, you know, we don't have terminals all over the country like some of the other fleets do. So, you know, it was a great conversation, but again, yeah. we were in the room <laughs> as competitors, all sharing ideas. And I think maybe one time it got into a situation where, yeah, I can't really talk about that. Mm. Yeah, you know, rising tide floats all boats. Maybe. I guess so.
1: Yeah, no, you got to, you got to collect, especially on this new thing, So this gets conflated a lot is the AV in the EV space. You, when you're out here, because you are in charge of making these decisions, what interests you more most immediately? Is it the EV space or the AV space or kind of neither at the moment because they're not where you need them to be? I was with you at Manifest and I heard a lot of EV pitches to you. And you're like, look, that's great. I need a truck that goes more than 120 miles uh,
0: a day. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think a lot of people, of course, you're, Viewers of this show all know that no fleet is the same. There's some that specialize in reefer, there's some that's long haul, there's some LTL, there's full truckload. We're long haul, full truckload, yeah. right? So the length of haul, the average length of haul for us is nowhere close to what a battery electric truck is capable of. Yeah. So, two, maybe 300 miles, depending on what brand you go with, it's just not going to do it for us. We did experiment with two trucks last year. The customer loved it. Um, it was more pricey but then the infrastructure and the cost and the planning to build the charging stations was also going to be a challenge so it's not a big part of our roadmap um but nfi for example out of um i think what are they new jersey i forget what they're based out of huge massive three uh 3pl um i think they've got 25 maybe 30 trucks mostly out in la at the port um for drainage work so you know, it's just not a big part of our future.
1: These things are, are pricey. I mean, like the, the like the 150-mile range EVs or even like 350,000. Autonomous trucks are over a million dollars right now. Neither seem that viable for for carriers like your type. But how do you think about this tech in a down market? Does
0: that Does that impact what you can invest in and how you have to think about this? It's a great question. And fortunately, we don't have to think about it a lot because yeah. it is so far out on the horizon. You know, yeah. when you're publicly traded, you're kind of quarter to quarter. And so, um, you know, obviously you think long term you would be, it wouldn't be in business very long if you didn't, but it's so far out on the horizon that, you know, when you're at least two years away, you can't make a lot of investment right now. So, you know, we're looking at other things, but that's just not one of them. You know, we um, actually have a lot of hope for hydrogen. We might be doing a hydrogen test this year. Still trying to sort that out. That gets you about 500 miles. Ooh, yeah. Cool. So head over to Highly on talk to my buddy, Thomas Healy. Over there. You rode in one of those, didn't you?
1: I did ride in one of those. It's actually yeah. in the, like, the intro view. That's the, that's the truck I'm driving
0: is the Highland. Yeah. So, you know, the, um, the thing I'm most looking forward to next is um, there's a, something called Act Expo. Will you yeah. go to that, by the way? I'm not. I'm not. So, they're going to have – I hung out with a guy that organizes it, um, um, Eric Neandros at GNA. and um, they, They've got 13,000 people. Yeah. It's probably the biggest logistics – sort of thing I've been to, this is dedicated specifically to alternative fuels and fleets. And so if that's your thing, this is the event to go to. Um, So anyway, that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from and thinking about the future. We're kind of in this thing right now that they call the messy middle, right? So you've got legacy diesel and then you've got the future, right? Hydrogen and Zebs and you know we'll talk about carbon in a minute. And then there's this middle ground where we are right now, we gotta have different types of sort of tools in our uh, solution chest. Um, to kind of meet some of those needs. You know, renewable diesel, more biodiesel, um, electric APUs, you know, things that can kind of get us from traditional diesel kind of a little bit closer to the finish line. But um, it's messy. Well, let me
1: ask you that, because before we jump to, to Desmond, and he's he's listening very patiently, but this will, this will probably apply to him too. Hey, Desmond, we'll see you. We'll have you up in just a second. CARB 2024, what do we need to know? What does he need to know? What does everyone else
0: need to know? So... Uh, it, Segment needs to be dedicated to that. And it's still changing. So there's two things that are happening soon. Um, 2024, um, there's a certain uh, percentage of your fleet that has to be zero emission. And they're probably going to be able to get away from, I'm I'm simplifying, it's a lot more complicated than this. And a lot of stuff hasn't been sorted out. And by the way, it's not just CARB, California Air Resources Board. There's 16 other states that are going to subscribe to what CARB does. So this is something that's going to affect all of us. you know New York will always follow at some point. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I think they're one of the the 16. But every year after 2024, a larger percentage of your fleet, your diesel trucks have to meet standards that right now none of the OEMs are able to meet from a NOx and a PM, particular matter standard. And then at some point, a proportional amount of your fleet has to be zero emissions. Mm. Um, And there just aren't a lot of practical solutions on the horizon right now. And so one of the things, one of the big takeaways from this is all of us that are substantial in size have to start paying attention to this and have to start thinking about what percentage of our fleet is going to be zero emission at some point in the future. The future is coming quick. Man, the future is coming quick. I'll come back and I'll tell you when we know more. I'll tell you the other, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll come back and tell you when we know a little bit more. Cool.
1: Well, let's tip the Ben and we'll talk to, uh, we'll talk to Desmond because he's got a great story too. So send us the hard stuff. That's the, what Dunavant Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistics nightmare that keeps you up at night, Matt, Ben you're the flight the don't, flight the red eye catch don't,
0: don't talk that. about that with me i'm about to fall asleep right now
1: <laughs> call the good folks over at donovan they make headaches disappear visit them at donovan.com well yeah but see our next guest right now is a he's this gentleman has played in the super bowl a former bear i believe he also played for the dolphins and maybe even the broncos if i'm not mistaken i've used him i've drafted i'm not drafted i've, I've picked him up as a free agent in madden before it's Des clark or some known as desmond clark he's the president and founder over at bear down logistics thanks so much for joining us
3: Oh man, it's a pleasure to be on, man. Thanks for having me on the platform.
1: Well, hey, and I, and I know Matt was stopping by the studio, and I was like, hey, Matt, I got I got a guy coming on. He was in the Super Bowl before. Uh, he started up a uh, brokerage over in uh, the Florida area. He's got two offices. Uh, he started in a down market. He's been in, in it for about a year now. You want to sit in because he, Matt? He's with one of the biggest carriers in America, Covenant,
0: so he'll uh, he'll help us with some advice here too. I wasn't going to come until I heard you were going to be on.
3: Well, I'm glad you're here because I can use all the advice, all the good advice um, that I can get right now. Oh, we
0: got a lot of that, don't we?
1: Well, we we, we may, but we, you know, we gotta. We, we're both sports fans too, and you know, like everybody who interviews you, you probably got a few questions, and I gotta hit you up with a few because I gotta know what is more electric. Because you played for you were with Wake Forest, right? You were on some good Wake Forest yeah. teams,
3: and you were also no, all, all, all bad Wake Forest teams when, when I was there. Well, they got good you, after I left.
1: Oh, right. okay. So, well, it was still a good, so this is going to be an easy one. What's more electric to play in like a really good college atmosphere or a really good pro NFL atmosphere.
3: No, I think it's a really good college atmosphere. Like the college atm- atmospheres, they're, they're crazy. Um, the professional atmospheres, they're, they're good, but nothing like playing in, in front of a hundred, hundred thousand screaming. I mean, they're kids and they're going nuts. So um, <laughs> I would always say that the college atmosphere is a little bit more electric than a professional atmosphere wow what about the super bowl because i mean you you
1: have been there there's media day and that's got to be like a completely different animal than just a regular game
3: well that's different and, and then the super bowl so you got to think about who's at the game right at the super bowl you got a lot of uh, of the corporate america people so they're not going to go as rowdy as as the young 18 to 22 year olds that fill up um, most of the college stadiums. I believe even um, if you're comparing a Super Bowl to, let's just say, a Michigan-Ohio State game or a Auburn-Alabama, um, those college games are going to have way more electricity just because the nature of the crowd of the people that's in the stadium at the time. Mm you know what
1: you know what's, You got to play during the era of two of two sort of memed quarterbacks you had sexy rexy and you had uh you had smoking jay cutler what, what was it like playing with those dudes i love the smoking jay cutler memes man
3: man um and, and they they're so right on right they <laughs> and having a the cigarette coming out of their mouth it's funny um it, it was great plan for both of them um Rex, Rex was my guy. Rex was the favorite quarterback that I ever played with in the NFL. Uh, Jay was the most talented quarterback that I ever played with in the NFL, and and he had the the biggest arm, the most athleticism. But um, if I had to pick one to play with, just by the guy that I like most, it would definitely be Rex.
0: Wow. Are there how far into the new business venture are you? Did you just start up, or have you been in business for a little while?
3: I've been in business um, since October of 2021. I actually started my MC um, May of 2022, so almost a year of operations now.
0: Anything in the game teach you about running a business? Um, any parallels, any lessons learned that the rest of us will never be able to benefit from because, you know, we didn't have, I mean, there's a lot of said, I guess, for teamwork and maybe pressure and operating under pressure, um, you know, making decisions, you know, you know, lightning quick and not overthinking. Um, <laughs> he was mean, on
1: the crown their ass team. You were on the one where that where, where you were you beat the Cardinals that yeah. time. right? <laughs> I love
0: that. Yeah. Dude, but but what is there a parallel there? Yeah.
1: Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember? That? So they had this huge comeback. Like, I think it was Monday Night Football, or maybe a Thursday Night Football.
3: It was it was a it was a Sunday Night game. Oh, it was a Sunday Night. We didn't score. We didn't score an offensive touchdown that game. And we still won the game. I think it was like 26-24. I mean, Arizona Cardinals, they absolutely demolished us on the offensive side of the ball. But our defense had a touchdown. I think um, Devin Hester had two returns for a touchdown. And however we scored those points, I think we won 24-23, but we won without an offensive touchdown. Rex threw four interceptions that game. We were absolutely horrible on the offensive side of the ball. But the reason why he said that is because – they kind of kicked our tail in the preseason also. Um, but, you know, now I think we were like six or seven and oh, and and he was a little pissed that that we stole that game. And we knew we stole that game. You should have seen the um, celebration in the locker room after the game. I mean, we were tossing chairs and trash cans and tossing over tables because we knew we, we had just stole, stolen that game. Wow. So what kind of lesson you learn in
1: the locker room or did you learn from that? Like maybe bad freight market, you know, you're down uh, 26 to nothing in this market. Don't don't bail out.
3: Hey, so the thing about this market is I got in right when it started to bottom out in in May of 2022. So I don't know any other market. And I was oblivious to all of this um, until like the end of the year. So uh, but the thing that I did learn and and is a lesson that we can all learn, not just in sports. Man, you're going to get kicked at some point when you're doing business. And at the beginning, it seemed like we were catching left, left, left jabs, right, right hooks, and, and everything. Uh, the, the hardest thing when you start out in this business as a new broker is people don't want to work with you because you're new. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. So what we did when we had these uh, these carriers saying, "No, we can't work with you because you know we won't, we won't be able to factor with you with our factory company." I started just picking up the phone, calling the factoring companies, asking, well, why won't you work with us? I understand that we're new, but that's not a good reason not to work with someone. Right. Um, I mean, we, we have the funding. We we got good operations here. And what happened was we we started they started calling audibles for us. OK, we'll give you twenty five hundred dollars of credit. You do this one um, right. then we'll extend it to you. And that's how we got over that hump of being a new company and not being able to work with a lot of good, good, reputable carriers. Because we just say, you know what? Let's just call and see why, and and see how do we how do we make these halftime adjustments when people are telling us no, they won't work with us.
1: Well, you, you know, if you like intensity, you picked and and, and to be, you know. <laughs> to have a lot of adrenaline to be scared of markets and stuff you, you picked a good business but it, it's got me curious because you know you hear this from from athletes a lot especially you've paid, played on the biggest stage how hard is it to leave the sport and not have that not have that mm-hmm. to show up to because a lot of you know you're like tom brady why doesn't you just retire or this and it's like because if you do then you don't get to get rid of the job again and it's like once in a lifetime
3: kind of thing what does it feel like once it's over it feels just like that. It's it's over. Like and, and you can't you can't get that that locker room atmosphere. You can't get all your teammates and just you know you go through so much together. I mean you get to go to to, to a job where you're literally wearing sweats all the time. Um and and I think more so for for most of the athletes, you can't get that compet- that you that competition. You can't get that again like you get in a locker room when you got to go to battle every Sunday or if it's NBA every every couple nights um, and baseball like every every day. You can't get that nowhere else at that high of a level. Yes, I heard you guys saying you, you guys compete and we all compete with each other in this industry. But it's not like that hand to hand comeback where you actually just going out there and running into people um that becomes addicting um I think it goes to to, without saying that the money um is another thing that you walk away from and uh good luck at trying to reproduce that type of pay some people do it and we're in an industry where you can if you do things the right way over time maybe so but those are the things that you miss the most and and just going in every day I used to love practicing every day and you just can't replace that in in any other industry out here in the world
1: well, then, why this? How did you end? How did you end up to like? How did the journey take you to freight? Uh,
3: accidentally. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh,
3: <laughs> so, I, I uh, before this, I was doing all um, global speaking globally as a motivational speaker. I was doing leadership coaching, and I was doing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn um, as far as promoting myself and marketing myself. And that's when uh, my mentor, my partner, he noticed me. He brought me over and said, "Hey, I think I got some marketing things that we could do together." He's in the industry; he does dredge only, Dre depot. My guy Brian, um, and that's when I started learning about this industry. And long story short, he wanted me to do some marketing stuff with him. But when I learned that he was in this small niche of of dredge, I learned about all of these other modes of transportation. I learned about this industry. I learned about how it operates at you know not not at in 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 the intricate scale of things. But I was intrigued. And then I gave him a, a proposal saying, instead of coming and working with you, how about I develop my own brokerage and I do all these other modes of transportation that you don't do. And now we could toss opportunity across the table to each other. And that's how it all got started. Beautiful.
1: And, and what is it now? What is uh, what is Bear Down Logistics?
3: Bear Island Logistics. We are a a company that we do long and short haul full truckload. Uh, we've actually started a dispatching company as well as long as well as bringing on um, Dredge with my partner over at Dre Depot and warehousing. So we're, what what I understood very very early is that the, the more of this uh, this uh, process that you can implement into into what you're doing you know, the better you're going to be in this industry. and But that's only if you can do it the right way um, and, and control, you know, more, more, I guess, 75, 80, 90% of the supply chain from when it's coming in to when it's getting to that to that final mile, you know, that puts you in a better position to go out into the market and, and offer more value. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to accomplish. And so far, so good.
1: Mm. Matt, what kind of advice would you have for, uh, for someone like Dez me? Yeah. To him? Yeah. Oh man, I don't. Um, um, um,
0: check our capacity first. Yeah. I would check Covenant's capacity first. <laughs> you know, we do. We do. We do run some empty loads every once in a while, not yeah. because we want to. So, uh, how how big is your uh, you know is your team? I mean, do you is everyone focused there at one location, or are you spread out across the country,
3: or? So um everybody is focused here at one location. I do have one person up in Chicago because we do have a Chicago office also mm-hmm. as well as an Orlando office. We have a small team of, of seven people right now. Um and then if you include the Dreage operation with my partner Brian at Dre Depot, now you go up to I think he has like twenty one or twenty-two people within his operation. But here in Orlando, we have six with one in Chicago. And we're small, but we're mighty and, and I and I love it. Um I I did have a bigger team uh, coming into January. I made my first mistake of riding that wave of, oh, man, we're up to $100,000 in revenue and we're growing, and and, and now we're up to this amount of revenue and we're growing, so let's bring on six people all at one time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do the proper vetting, and out of those six people, we had to let go of four because... uh, that some of the guys didn't produce, and that's that's the first big mistake that I've made as owner here of Badan Logistics. And now it's all is all about hey, how can we continue to grow at a good pace, but not try to grow too fast where we outdo ourselves and take unnecessary risks that we don't have to take.
1: Well, well how can you? What is a tougher opponent, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, or a down freight market?
3: Well, this down freight market hadn't been a much of an opponent because I didn't. I didn't know it coming in. I didn't know that it was a down market. Um, I, I, I heard about it, and, and but I'm so focused on, man, I got to drive revenue. I got to get in here. I got to make this company work that I didn't pay attention to what was going on out there. I was more so paying attention to what was going on in here. And we became our own opponent. We got to make these hundred calls. We got to convert. We can't let, hey, this driver just uh, uh, fell off our load. We got to go back and, and and get that load back because if we don't and we lose this client and we only got a handful of clients, we can't afford to lose anything. So I wasn't paying attention to the outside market. I was paying attention to what was going on in here. Now, when you talk about a guy like Aaron Rodgers, man, that dude is tough. And and as we know, he's, he's beaten us uh, quite a few times. Um, so... Right now, at this point, I'm going to say a great quarterback is tougher than a tough market in the logistics industry, but that's me saying that without having um, really paid attention to the outside market and only been paying attention to what's been going on inside of the walls here at Bear Down Logistics.
1: Well, yeah, but now you're the quarterback, Des, right? You're the quarterback. Yeah. And he wrote something. Yeah. You have a little philosophy you put on on LinkedIn, and this might have come from the locker room too. It said, I've come to learn that aggression is an asset and a liability unfocused aggression as well this hysterical bar fighting what does that mean in the context of of running a brokerage
3: so just like i said i um earlier i got really aggressive and i wanted to hire because hey man we're doing so well so all we got to do is bring more people and it's going to just keep going but that wasn't the right move to make in that piece that i wrote you don't start out with aggression. You start out with planning, studying, and, and knowing the knowing the landscape, knowing knowing your opponent. Your opponent, and then once you get all that stuff under control and you know what your game plan is, that's when you have to be aggressive. So I learned from both sides of that. You just can't go out and just be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. You got to have uh, uh, controlled aggression and know exactly what you're trying to get accomplished before you unleash that aggression. And I think that's what I talked about in that piece that I posted on LinkedIn.
1: But is your office, like, uh, remember that commercial where the dude just run by and tackle everybody? You <laughs> just run by and, like, tackle brokers or games. Is Covenant full contact sport?
3: No. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> is Bear Down full contact? Like, the, 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 I, I remember that commercial that the you're talking about. One, right? <laughs> The <laughs> was Old Spice one, right? It was the Old Spice yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and they had another one, where they had the office linebacker. Yes. Um, you know what? If these if these guys don't make the calls that I need them to make, I go in there and I and I and I tackle them all the time. Um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Just kidding. We're like no, softer society now, intense, man. We get pretty intense, and they like it. Well, Desmond, before we let you go,
1: two last questions. First of all, who should contact you? Who should work with you?
3: Um, guys, uh, carriers who who are struggling to get loads. First of all, um, we have a bunch of broker relationships out there that if we can't get you loads, we can go out to the market and get you loads. And then also those customers who, who want somebody who's dependable. Here's, here's, here's the thing that, that I've learned in, in less than a year of being in operation. Customers just want somebody who's going to deal with them transparently, who can get the job done. But we all know in logistics, stuff happens, right? Um, and I always tell my guys, if it happens, you know, let's let's make sure that the customer is not calling us. We're calling them, but not just with a problem. But hey, here's the problem. But here's what we're doing about it. And if if we got customers out there that can appreciate that type of communication and, and um, who's been struggling with other brokerages that don't communicate and execute as well as you need them to. Those are the people that we're looking to work with. Um, we're really um, starting to get into that bigger market, like Walgreens and Kroger's and doing RFPs and things like that. Um, that's the next level that we're going to. But right now, we we, we deal with a, a lot of smaller to mid-market uh, type of companies that do shipping.
1: Excellent. And what's it like to play with yourself in Madden?
3: Um, <laughs> I never played with myself in no? Madden. No? No. I didn't. So that's that's like people always say, hey, man, you did a wonderful job speaking. Um, Do you ever go back and listen to yourself after you do a a, a nice speech? I never listen to myself. I never go back and and look at myself and critique myself or or say I've done a nice job. Like I I couldn't stand to see myself on the Madden game because I look at myself like, oh, he sucks on the game. Oh, wow. Um, I get it. I I hear you. yeah, I, I I never I never I never can go back and look at myself like that and and, and appreciate it. So um, oh, I'm the glad that would, you did
1: Well, with the ratings would come out every like August. Would you would you guys all freak out in the locker room if they weren't what you thought they should
3: be? My ratings were never, ever <laughs> what they should have been ever. I always felt like I, I got disrespected in Madden. Um for whatever reason. But you know what? Now I could but that's that's been a competitor, right? When you're in the game, you can't appreciate the fact that you're just in the game. But now that, you know, I'm 12 years or 11 years removed from the game, I can go back and I can appreciate all of that stuff. Now, I never appreciated the fact that I played in the Super Bowl until about 3 years after I retired, and then I started looking around like, "Hell, that was a pretty good accomplishment, <laughs> even though we lost." But I've never watched the I never watched that Super Bowl to this day
1: it's gotta be hard I, I can hear you keep it keep the channel off espn classics you don't want that one it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't the best game either you know i was rooting for you guys i didn't really need to see that because you know i was over in the northeast more of a more of a patriots fan so i, I was i was like no way i need tom brady to stay the best not peyton manny <laughs> well, help you with that man des thank you so much if people want to reach out
3: they want to find your your company where do we send them just go to www.beardown-logistics, and you have to put the dash in there okay. because we we are a floor company, and there is another Bear down Logistics in Chicago, so www.beardown-logistics.com.
1: Hey, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. God bless you.
3: You too. Take care. Thanks, me.
1: Right, what a great
0: story. That
1: was a great story.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think about if my sort of ship came in and I was looking for a Matt 2.0, Like, what would that business be? What would it be for you? Wait, what am I doing? Oh, so like this
1: guy, I got to do something else?
0: Like a professional dog walker? Or
1: um... maybe like a professional Lego assembler. Oh, yeah.
0: since you've got all this experience with strapping down products on top of vehicles, (laughs) you can be a strap consultant. (laughs) could be a strap consultant. Sounds weird. Maybe (laughs) maybe I could be
1: Arizona IT social media person. It's good news, bad news, people. Uh, The bad news and
0: good news. Matt, nah, by the way, he didn't crash. He was, he was fine.
1: There was Arizona Ice tea. You know, Arizona Ice tea has been inflation proof. 99 cents. That's the good news.
0: I like the unsweetened
1: version. <laughs> well, I just had some. The bad news is that retailers are marking up and it's got their social media person pissed off. Let's take, let's take a listen to him.
3: I didn't do I didn't do this. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about any of this.
0: It's like Jared from Subway. <laughs> there
1: it is. Well, that guy, that guy, that guy. There's a Hulu documentary. It's a pitch man, right yeah. There is, isn't there? It's He's been gonna... in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Matt, you ever, uh, you ever paint yourself up
0: and not be able to get it off before? Uh, I'm trying to think of stupid things I might have done in college. Yeah. I don't think it was ever that bad.
1: Well, was it ever as bad as this? Good news, you found some war paint and are going to get made up. Bad news, this happens. <laughs> not coming off, shine. it <laughs> it's, it's called oil-based paint <laughs> shine has got layers shine has got layers on him i don't know do we want to do trucker versus broker nah let's just the one thing we didn't get to is the. i don't know we don't have much time we got 90 seconds all right maybe we'll listen to this for one second roll this for like 30 seconds roll this for like 30 seconds guys trucker versus broker please <laughs> maybe Dude, a crash a broker, oh, yeah.
0: There you go. That price will go way up because it will be one bag of chips and a whole lot of people that want
3: them. But it's millions of chips, millions and millions of chips. So when you got millions and millions of chips, or millions and millions of carriers, rates are going to go down. You know, it's a lot of you guys. It's, there's there's a thousand guys that I'm going to talk to between today and tomorrow that are trying to get out of Colorado. Okay. And I'm not going to be able to put. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to be able to put something on everybody's truck. Uh, because that I know that I have a more than you and I have cargo, that's going to drive the, the race down. Now, if I come up with a whole bunch of cargo... and Okay, I you can drop you it. Guys. So, like, the
1: gist of that is, there's just, that thing goes on for six minutes, and it's a trucker and a broker talking about this 689-mile load with three stops that's paying $700. And the trucker is like, can I please just get a little bit more money to pay for gas in this? And all the time the broker's, like, telling him about potato chips, he's giving him all these analogies. He's like, the market's not crazy. Is
0: is is that an entire channel or is that just a one-off?
1: That that one goes on for like six minutes. That's not that was that one was on TikTok. Wow. How
0: about that? You know, there's uh I hate to admit it, but I do spend a little bit of time on TikTok. There's some crazy trucker things out there.
1: There's, there's crazy Matt on there too. Crazy hey, we're Matt. out of time everybody. Find me on Twitter at Twitter. Look at Matt
3: McLellan. On uh that's to the show wherever you get it. Hey, buddy,
0: now you can get home and take a nap.